So as we get to God's word this morning, somebody asked me earlier today, what was the plan for uh, after this? Because we're in our last week of our series. At the new year, we have a couple, uh, couple individual topics that I would like to cover. And then we're going to jump back into Revelation, finish out the seven letters. We're going to cover... And we're going to cover the rest of Revelation 5 through 21 or 22, whatever it is. Uh, and however long that takes, someone asked me, how long you go through that? I'm like, no, I don't know. I know some pastors, they went through it in like five to 10 weeks. I know one pastor I met with recently, they went through it in 50 weeks. We'll see what, I was like, 50 weeks, man, you must, that was like, that was, wow. Uh, and so we'll, we'll see what that takes. And then we're going to move into the Old Testament after that. I don't know where, maybe Hosea, uh, maybe Joshua, maybe Genesis, I'm still praying on the Lord where he wants us to go. So for this Sunday, we're finishing out our three-week series called, anybody? Baggage. baggage. That's right. And we're studying that baggage because all of us at one time in our lives or another, whether we are young or old, we carry this emotional baggage in our lives. We carry it around with us. Remember, we brought out our bags the last few weeks. I'm going to take the red one out here for Christmas, right? And, and like carrying a bag around, all of us carry hurts and pains from our past, things that have happened to us or didn't happen to us, things that we have done or not done, we carry them around and they affect our lives greatly. And they affect the lives of those around us in so many different ways that we don't see. And so my prayer was for us to ask the Lord, like, man, if I have any baggage in my life, help me to see it. And then last week we stated the obvious, that all of the baggage we carry comes from things from the past. But that God does not want us to hold on to the past. Doesn't mean we shouldn't learn from the past, but we don't want to hold on to it. Because God is always doing a new thing. Remember in Isaiah? Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old, but behold, I am doing a new thing. And scripture tells us that's where our focus needs to be because the best is always yet to come when it comes to God. Either where he takes our hurt and pain and uses it for his glory or if for no other reason, the promise of the hope in heaven that we have through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen, church? Amen. Amen. All right, if you hear sirens this morning, uh, Santa's going around the neighborhood here. Apparently he's not coming to church this morning, so we'll pray for him. But if you hear that, that's what it is. And nobody running out trying to get candy either, all right? God will punish you. Um, I do want to say, if you have missed the last couple of weeks, I want you to go back and listen. Because the thing about emotional baggage that we carry, it's like so easy for us to ignore. And yet it affects everything. And I said this to every week, especially you men. Us men, we love to fix things, but we don't love to feel so much. We don't love to share our feelings or explore our feelings, but everybody has to deal with them. And they have great effects in our lives. And, and so, you know, especially us men, though, it happens to women too. I want you to go back, if you haven't listened, and listen to these messages. It literally, if you really seek the Lord, it can change your life and change what you're passing on to those around you for God's glory. Now, as I was thinking this week about what I wanted to talk about as we close this out, one of the things that can happen when I've, I've talked about these kind of subjects in the past, is some people get the feeling like that when we, we, when we finally realize that we have baggage, that there should be this instantaneous moment where just everything is healed, right? You know, um, I was thinking about, uh, I don't know why, but it, it was thinking about that movie Frozen, that like somehow God like touches you 
you know, and, and then angels sprinkle this, sprinkle this holy dust from heaven upon you and, and, and your bags, the baggage in your life, it just begins to float away in the heavens. You're like, you're like that Elsa lady who rips off her crown and her flowing hair or, you know, and, you know, she's in her castle, she made of ice and she's like, let it go, right? You know, that should be this big magical moment. And, it, and, if, and it, if that doesn't happen, then there's something wrong with you. But we all know that's not the real world. Not that God can't work that way. In fact, there's been times in my life where I've had baggage with certain people um, and, um, and I carried this around because I, haven't, I hadn't forgiven them. And then I remember listening to a sermon once and, and through that pastor, God, he dropped a truth in my life and it was like, it just like, it opened my eyes. You ever had that? You had like a pastor preaching or you're reading a Bible verse and it's just like your eyes were suddenly opened. And it was like the baggage was just lifted away. I changed how I saw the relationship. I changed how I saw them. And it was almost like immediate healing. It was awesome. But I also have a lot of baggage in my life that I carry around. And it's not this moment of freedom. It's like a process that I've been working through. And some of it I'm still working through. And I am betting it is the same for many of you. You're still working through the guilt and the shame and, and the resentment and the anger and, and the bitterness, the bitterness and, and the fear of all these things that came through your past. And so what I want to do with today's message is I want to kind of talk to you about what to do to let go of that baggage in your life. Um, and I'll tell you right now, there are no mind-blowing truths here that I'm going to drop that you've like have never heard before. But what I'm praying will happen is if you're like me, I've heard many biblical truths in my life and then I never apply them. And so I'm praying that where you need to today, you will hear it fresh and new and you'll actually apply them in your lives today that you may find the freedom that God has for you. Amen, church? Amen. Amen. Obviously, the first step in letting go of baggage is you have to admit that you have it. You have to admit that you have it. You know, what I find it's easy in our lives that when we have a baggage, it's easy to blame everybody else. It's, blamed, it's easy to blame other people. And it doesn't mean other people don't have a role, but still at some point, because of the way that we react, that we know is not a biblical way to react, it's because of our own baggage. The thing is, it takes humility to admit when you got baggage in your life. That's like the secret sauce, right? It's the secret sauce, humility. Now, what's the, the opposite of humility? Pride, yes, pride, excellent. You guys are such, you're like such humble people. You're like, I don't even know, right? It's pride, right? Pride, and now when we think of pride, we think of somebody who, who puffs themselves up, right? To, to present themselves great, better than they are. And, and so as, if you're a Christian, you try not to be prideful. You try to give all glory to Jesus, right? Because you don't want, you, don't want a, you to be perceived as better than you are because it, it, it's all the power of God, right? But pride also shows itself in the other way, where we pretend that we're better than we are. Not in terms of highlighting our great achievements, but trying to downplay our faults. Like where we pretend that we're not broken, that we're not hurting, that we don't have baggage. 
where we're putting on a facade where we look like we're better than we are. We present ourselves in a certain way. We highlight the best parts of ourselves. People ask how we're doing. I'm doing great. Blessed in the Lord. He is my provision. We're inside, we're just crumbling. And this pride keeps us from admitting the things I listed earlier, like our shame and our insecurity and our guilt and our fear, our resentment. And the only way that you're able to ever let go of these things, when you're humble enough to say, I'm not okay. I got struggles. I got things I'm holding on to. It's affecting my life. It's affecting my relationships. It's the only way that you'll ever be able to let that baggage go. Find the freedom in Christ. Have you ever worked with somebody? Have you ever worked with somebody uh, who is full of pride? Or have you ever worked with somebody who like can never admit when they've done something wrong? It's tough to work with them, right? It's like really, really difficult to, to build relationship, to help them grow. It, it, it's very difficult. It's the same thing with God. We're really difficult when we're prideful when we're not humble enough to say that we're broken, it is difficult for us to respond to the Holy Spirit that wants us to grow and to mature, to become the man or woman that God has called us to be. I mean, I watch it as a pastor. I have never in my life seen anyone grow in their walk with God. I've never seen anyone heal from their hurts, from the past, I've never seen anyone just be able to, to drop their baggage who didn't first admit that they had baggage, that they were broken. And it makes me, it makes me really sad because I'll invest time in these people and my energy and, and my love and, and I'll see like, oh man, I'll just see what God can do in their lives and, and their marriages and... and and I know the freedom that God has for them. And, but because of pride, they won't start that journey towards healing. You know, I was praying this week for you, and I was, man, I was praying like, Lord, and I was praying this for myself too, because I'm human. And I was like, God, if there's just, if there's anything we're not willing to admit, Lord, I pray like when I'm preaching, like you will make it so clear to us, like our blind eyes and our deaf ears, we'll see it. We'll see where we have those hurts and stuff that we're not willing with that baggage, that pain that we're holding so tightly that you'll convict us of it. Like, it's like, no, you, you got to, you got to share this. You got to, you have to share what's going on. You got to admit this brokenness. You give us the strength and the courage to do that. Praying it's even hitting you now as I preach. And really the first place that you have to, and yeah, here's the sign. Like you're like, well, how do I own up to this? How do I admit this? And I think the very first thing is like, you go to God with it. That's like the very first thing. That's how I, like, I know somebody or I know in my own life when, when I realize something's wrong is when I get on my knees before the Lord and I admit this baggage to him. 
You ever done that? You're just so hurting, so broken, or just so angry that you just get before God and you just emotionally vomit all of that before him? Just you and him. And, and this is key to understanding what it means to let go. Because when I talk about letting go of baggage, I always like make this motion, like dropping it. But really, what letting go of baggage looks like, it looks like you giving it to God. Because that's what it is. Letting go of our baggage means giving it to God. It means saying, God, here it is. Here's my brokenness. Here's my hurt. Here's my anger. Here's my pain. I'm giving it to you. And I'm not talking about like quick prayers that we throw up, uh, that we, we throw out there just in moments as we're going from thing to thing. Now, those are good and they should happen. But I'm talking about times where it's just us and the Lord, where we're just crying out to him, where we, we pour out our hearts to him. And, and, I, and I emphasize this because we're in such a rushed society where we fill our schedule so much or when we don't have our schedules filled up, we have so much distractions on our phones and what have you that I feel like it's becoming harder and harder to get down quietly before the Lord and just time you and him where you're calling out to him. Do you do that in your life? When was the last time you were on your knees before the Lord? More than 30 seconds, right? Just calling out to him, asking him for help and, and for grace and mercy and sharing your pain and your confusion like we read about in the Psalms. There's something life-changing in my life when I take those times before the Lord. And this is funny. This shows you the power of sin because I know how, how powerful those times are when I sit there before the Lord and I call out to him, and yet I still struggle to do that. Isn't that crazy? Like, you know something. If you've been a Christian a while and you've done this, you know the power of having solitude time before the Lord. And you're like, oh, thank you, Lord, for speaking to me. Thank you for your peace and your mercy. And then the next time you want to go do it, or you go to do it, you don't want to do it. Like, I want to go do something else. It's just like, it's like the power of sin in our lives. This is why I preach on it, to remind us the importance of this. And, and Jesus set this example. Matthew 26 the night he was betrayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, he tells his disciples, hey, go pray. They end up falling asleep. Had that happen, I ain't gonna lie. But he goes off a little by himself. Matthew 26, 39. He says this, it says this, and going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Matthew 26, 39. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. It was important for him to take these things to God himself. And I love the honesty here because I, I, I don't know what it is, but ever since I moved from Seattle to the East Coast, I feel like I've gotten this more. But where people feel like, maybe it's because of the way they were brought up, where they feel like when they come before the Lord, they, they have to have these professional pastoral prayers available and ready to go, or they're somehow not worthy. Man, read the Psalms. David's just like crying out. He's like, why have you forsaken me? God, why haven't you showed up? 
When we come before the Lord, we don't have a set perfect set of words that we say. We pour out our, our, our hearts to our Father in heaven. Just as we are. You should see me when I'm praying on my Lord. I'm like, I'm not like, oh, thou, Father, greatest creator of the earth, whose benevolence bestows on me like the rains of the heavens. I'm like, literally this week, I'm like, and, and forgive me if this offends anybody, but I'm, I'm like, God, I just feel like I suck this week. I prayed this to God. I did. Not the best course of words. I get it. But I was like just feeling so transparent before the Lord. I just feel like I'm horrible at things this week. This is where I'm at. We just come to him. We pour out our lives and our emotions to him. We don't hold back. I mean, sometimes we cry before him. We just sit in his presence and listen knowing that he cares about us. And what do we do this for? We do this, we're honest with him because we can cast our cares and our worries and, and, and our anxiety upon him, right? And this is like, sometimes when I'm praying, right? There's nothing magical about this. It's just like an illustration I do for myself. And I got something like, you know, I got this worry. I got this concern. I had this this week this when I was praying that prayer. And I said, Lord, I'm just giving this to you. And I, so I put my hands up like this. Right? I just say, Lord, I'm just giving this to you, whatever it may be. And say, Lord, I know you care about me. And so I want to give it to you. I know I can trust you with it. First Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. All of it, not some of it. He says, cast all of your anxiety on him because he cares for you. All your fears, all of your worries. God is not interested on, in how strong we think we are. He's, he's interested in, in us knowing how strong he is. Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea. He is our refuge and our strength. And I think that's what happens when we come to him, we remember that he is our strength. I mean, that's why one of the reasons why Jesus could say, not my will, but yours. Even though Jesus did not want to go through what he was going to through, the pain and the suffering, he knew that he could go through it. And then the cool thing, scripture tells us that the same power of the Holy Spirit that was working in through Jesus Christ is alive inside of us. Do you know that? The same spirit of God. This is why we have verses like Philippians 4.13. I can do how many things? All. All things through Christ who gives me strength. You know, I, what was cool about this story, and it's not in the Matthew version, but in Luke it is. Luke says that when Jesus was praying, an angel came and strengthened him during his prayer. I, I don't know what that means or what that looks like, but somehow he came and he strengthened Christ. You know, and it was a reminder, we talked about this the first week. God will always give us what we need when we follow him. No matter how hard it is. This is why we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Because he'll give us what we need when we turn to him. Lamentations chapter 3. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Remember how I told you a couple weeks ago I'm an overpacker. Any other overpackers here? Come on, admit it. You're in church. Don't be lying, right? I'm an overpacker. 
I'm literally thinking about every possible thing that I could happen. Like I'll be going to Louisiana to meet, to visit Maria's family in December. And I'm like, okay, I need shorts. I need sweats. You know, I'll think, try to think of everything. If a nuclear bomb goes off, what do I need to pack with me? You know, until one of my best buddies said, you know, pretty much if you something you need, you can just buy it when you get there. And like, it changed my life. I mean, I still overpack, right? But I don't overpack with the same intensity because it's right. I can buy what I get when I need it. It changed everything. And the same message applies that when we go to God and, and, and we pour out our hearts to him and say, I am broken, I am hurting, this is too big for me. But I can trust you with this, that as we are, begin to be obedient and follow his word, he'll give us what we need as we go through this process of dropping this baggage in our lives. He gives us what we need. Whatever he's calling us to do. The problem is, far too many of us never experience this because after we're done giving it to God, we never walk into the new thing that he's doing. Scripture gives us commands and teachings of how to approach pretty much every topic in our lives. It doesn't specify every topic, but it talks to us about how to approach every topic. And so the thing is, we'll crawl out to God, we'll sit there, we'll not open up his word to direct our lives, and then, and, and then if we do and we don't like it or it's too hard, we won't do it. And so then we never get to experience his provision in our lives. And then we're like, uh, does, oh, why doesn't it work? Why is God here? And why is he not moving? Because we're not moving. We're not moving. Like, for example, I, last week I talked about forgiveness, one of the reasons that we have baggage is because we are filled with unforgiveness in terms of people that hurt us. We have not let it go. Bitterness and anger still holds our hearts. I remember one person who told me, and they had some major people to forgive. They had, they had suffered through emotional abuse. They had suffered through sexual abuse. Major things. And and I remember they told me something, and it was something I had never done, that they took the names of all the people that they needed to forgive, and they wrote them down in their journal. And, and then she told me, I opened up that journal every day, and I, and I spoke each name out loud, and I asked God to forgive them, help me forgive them. And I asked that they would find Jesus if they were still alive, and the devil wouldn't have a hold of their lives anymore. And she goes, I did that every day. And she said, as I continued to do that, this hold of bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness started to break away until I could think about them without being full of rage and anger. And now she speaks and works in the lives of other people, but she never would experience that grace of God, that forgiveness of God, if she wasn't obedient to God because God, it's a command of God to forgive. And, I, and I'm praying for some of you where you're like, I got this baggage in my life and I'm holding on to it. And, I, and I'm praying that God will convict you to where why you're still holding on to it because you're not being obedient to his word, right? Or you're not even opening up his word to see what it says. Like it's not hard to find Bible verses nowadays. Like, you go into Google and literally type 
like three or four words of a Bible verse and it will show you where it's at most of the time. Or I'll, I'll pipe in Bible verses on forgiveness. A bunch will pop up. And usually the first couple links are really good ones. Like it's not hard to find this stuff. Or if you can't find them that way, it's not hard to find other people in the church or, or, your, or, or to text your pastor and say, I'm looking for a Bible verse on this to help guide me. There's this killer verse in Hosea that I had forgotten about for years until I read it two weeks ago. And it says this, I don't remember right where it's at, but it says, my people, speaking through the prophet Hosea about the people of Israel, he says, my people are destroyed by a lack of knowledge. And I was thinking, man, how many people have I watched in my life be destroyed, watch their marriages destroyed, watch their faith destroyed, watch their relationships destroyed because of a lack of knowledge of God's word. Not a lack of access, because we got Bibles everywhere, but a lack of knowledge. Man, I was, I was, I was blown away just sitting back that. The fact to think about the lack of God's word in our lives, it can destroy us. I wonder where you have a lack of knowledge in your life of God's word. So as we're in this process of letting go, we, we have to admit it to God as we just talked about there. But I also contend that we have to admit it to one another. Right? Do you need other Christians in your life? Like I often say this, one of my favorite quotes I heard, that there's no such thing, you know, as a Lone Ranger Christian. Okay? The church we see in Scripture, the church we see in Scripture, it's not the building. It's the people. The church is people. So if, if you sit here today and your faith is in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are the church. And we need each other. This is one of the many reasons that God created the church. This is one of the reasons that watching at home every week is not the answer, unless you physically cannot make it here, which for some cannot, because we need relationship with each other. Now, sadly, it's hard, of us, hard for many of us to share our weaknesses with each other. We, we don't want to share our fears and our anxieties and, and, and our sadness and our guilt and resentment. I, I, I feel like, like in our culture, we're like this culture of wanting to show strength. And it happens in the church too, where it's like this false idea that spiritual people do not need help. Mature Christians don't need counsel. They can handle it. They got the spirit of God. They're good. We all need help. I'll tell you right now, in my view, in my opinion, what differentiates the spiritual people who are doing their best to follow Christ and those who are not are those who are willing to admit when they need help, when they're hurting. So, man, this is too much for me. I need advice. I need some wisdom. I need prayer. That is one of the biggest things because it takes humility and a desire to want to grow. Ecclesiastes chapter four says two are better than one for they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to who, him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. 
Again, if two lie together, they keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, alone two shall withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Basically, Solomon's trying to say, look, we're, we're stronger together. And this comes with our baggage because we can help each other. We can see things in each other, right? One author, he said this, he said, you may have stuck to you the proverbial piece of toilet paper hanging out your pants, stuck to your soul that you have missed and don't see that your church family can't. And this is why if we're really serious about letting go of our baggage, if we really care to honor God with our lives, then we're going to tell somebody else. And we don't just tell anybody. Like we tell people who we know are actually following the Lord, right? That Jesus is really their savior, really their Lord. And sometimes this means coming to see your pastor like me, or if you have a different pastor in your different church and say, look, I need help. This baggage is too much. Or sometimes it means going to see a biblical counselor, Okay, and I'm not talking about the kind of counseling where you sit there and they help you explore your feelings for hours. Not that it's good, not bad to talk about your feelings, but at the end of the day, healing comes from being obedient to the word of God. Someone that'll help you do that. But sometimes it doesn't even take that. When you're a part of a, a small group that we have, like the two women's groups or the men's group or the marriage group that we just had, you form these relationships where you can share your hurts and pains with other people. You know, it... The thing I've, I've found in my life, and I know it to be true in others, when we don't share our hurts and pains, our fears, our struggles, we feel lonely. We feel all alone. We feel isolated. Even though we're around other people, we still have this feeling. And it's a total lie, a lie of the enemy. But when we share and we open up to somebody else like, man, here's what's going on in my marriage, or here's what's going on in my job, or here's what I'm struggling with with the past, we find out we're not alone. That we have people around us that love us and are there to help guide us in our lives. I've had some of the ladies come up to me over the past few years and they've told me how much like the women's group has meant to them. Like they say to me, like it's a safe place that I can share my hurts and pains and they just love me through it. Like inside, I'm just like, yes! Because this is what the church should be. And I say this because some of you have been walking alone far too long. And listen, this is not just for you older people, for you teenagers. It's the same way. You need people in your life that you can share your hurts and your pains with, your struggles. Do not make the mistake of learning at an unage to keep them to yourself. It is a lie of the enemy. I've watched people in their 60s and older now who still struggle because they learned this as a young person and held on to the rest of their lives. You need to share your fears and your hurts and your pains with somebody you know who loves the Lord. Young people, do you hear me? And, and what's really cool, and I've seen this before, sometimes when you're in a group like this and you share your hurt and pain, you say like, here's what's in my bag. There'll be like someone else will be like, hey, I used to have that in my bag too. And let me show you what God did in my life through that. You're like, really? And you find this hope. Some of you need to pop into one of these groups. You need to give it a try. 
And, and actually, this is as a side note. Some of you, we all know this. Like, when we have emotional baggage in our lives, even when we try to hide it, everybody else can see it. Even if they don't know what's in the bag, they can see the bag. There may be some of you in here today, you know somebody in your life who's carrying around this baggage, and, and, and the Holy Spirit's been like, I want you to go talk to him about it, and you won't do it. Because of fear, probably most usually because of fear, because that's what usually prevents me, or maybe it could be busyness, you won't go ask him about it. And yet, Lord's placed you, placed you there to do that, to say, hey, is this bag yours? And, and, I, and, and if that is you, I pray the Lord convicts you. I pray he convicts me of anybody I'm not doing that, because I run into lots of people as a pastor, and some of them, it's scary to follow up and ask them about for different reasons. And I pray if that's you, the Lord will convict you right now. Like you, the boom, like the name is right in front of you. And you're like, Lord, give me the courage. And then you'll go to them in love and you'll gentleness. You say, hey, I've been seeing this. Maybe it's me, but I'm worried about you. And that the, the Lord will give you favor with them and they'll respond to you. And you guys begin this process of, of learning how to let go of this bag together. Amen, church? And then, and I can't say this enough. Get scripture into your life. Get scripture into your life. I talk about this a lot. Memorize scripture. Put it on your sticky notes around your house. If you're old school, put it as your wallpaper phone. If you're new school, you know, wallpaper on your phone. Listen, if you know somebody who has baggage in your life, in their lives, send them Bible verses every once in a while. Because like, look, if you're carrying around scripture, remember, I remember Kevin preached on this a long time ago on what you're carrying. If you're carrying around scripture in your lives, you don't have room to carry baggage in your hands. Right? You can only carry so much. Take that scripture and get it into your life. Start carrying that in your life. Change out that stuff. Some of you have guilt in your life. That's what you're carrying around. Set it down. Instead, pick up John 1, 9. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and trust to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Some of you carrying around anxiety. Philippians 4, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, like prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your crest be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts in Christ Jesus. Some of you, you, you're taking around this bag of just distrust for the future or, or, or concern for the future. Drop it. Pick up Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own, and your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make direct your paths. Some of you, you're carrying around bags of inadequacy and insecurity. Drop it. Pick up Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Some of you, and Scripture, nothing ever trumps Scripture. But you need, some of you, sometimes reading a good book on a topic that is near and dear to you, it's like reading a good long sermon. I've been reading this book called The Wounded Heart by Dan Allender. And, and it talks about the hope that we have for those who struggle with sexual abuse. It's a beautiful book. It's been opening up my eyes to new things, the way that he writes things. My point is this, if you're really serious about letting go, there are things that you're going to do. You're going to bring it to God. You're going to bring it to those around you in the church that you trust. 
You're going to start carrying scripture in your life. And whatever that scripture tells you to do, like, you know, like to forgive, you're going to start learning how to forgive in your marriages that are broken. There's so many scriptures that talk about how a husband and wife should treat each other. You're going to start doing them. These are the things that you're going to do if you really want to let go of that baggage in your life and start walking in the new things that God has for you. And that's what I pray this happens. This message doesn't go in one ear, go out the other, but that you walk out these two doors today determined by God's strength to start letting go.